Hello, and welcome to the Global Founders Podcast, your premier destination for engaging voices that inspire. I'm Neil Piper, Executive Director of the Presidential Precinct, and we're live from the Potter Studios at James Madison's Mount Pillar. Today, we're talking about nonprofits, their roles in communities and best practices for those who are interested in starting or growing nonprofits globally. I'm joined by Liz Silva. Liz joins us from Brazil, where she is a founder and CEO of Inc., a social business specialized in disseminating best practices of project management for nonprofits. Inc. has trained about 1,500 Brazilian nonprofit leaders in the internationally certified methodology PMD Pro since 2012 and has been nationally and internationally recognized for the relevance of her work. Liz is an economist and holds certificates from the Innovation Master Series program at Stanford University. She is also a member of the Sao Paulo Hub of Global Shapers community, a 10,000 women participant and a Global Good Fund fellow. We were lucky to host Liz as a 2016 Young Leaders of America's Initiative fellow just this past fall while she worked at the Center for Nonprofit Excellence here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Also here with us today is Cindy Coulson, the Director of Strategic Initiatives at the Center for Nonprofit Excellence, the CNE. Cindy has 18 years of leadership experience in the nonprofit sector, working for nonprofits in human services and healthcare. She has worked on building strong collaborations with more than 65 nonprofits that develop programs and initiatives that address community needs. Cindy earned her BIS from the University of Virginia and an MBA from the University of Mary Washington. Through the CNE, Cindy served as a fellowship host for the 2016 Wildlife Program, and she just recently returned from a reverse exchange visiting Liz and her co-workers in Sao Paulo. Liz and Cindy, I can't thank you enough for joining us here in the studio today. Thank you so much for inviting us. Well, first, I'd just like to start off by, you know, seeing we're all on the same page in terms of what a nonprofit is. And, you know, I'd, I'd be curious just to hear from the two of you, you know, how do you both define a nonprofit and what are some examples that fit that definition for your communities? Well, I can get started. This is Cindy. And so here in the United States, the way that we define a nonprofit is it is a corporation structure just like you can have an LLC structure, you can have a nonprofit structure as well. But in addition to that, there are also tax codes that go along and you can get a tax designation. So most of our nonprofits fall within a 50C something, which usually goes anywhere between one to seven generally. But most of the nonprofits in the area fall into the 501C3, which are charitable organizations. Now, how does that compare uh, to nonprofits in, in Brazil? Yes. Um, so there's a, a little difference uh, I see in the definition. Here in Brazil, we mainly have nonprofits as associations that are groups of people, uh, clearly, that get together to solve a social issue. So it's always about um, how the, um, the organization is structured and how, of, of course, it's formalized. Uh, but the social organ- nonprofits in Brazil, they always have this public, it's a private public organization. It's private because it's made by people, of course, by individuals. Uh, but it's public because it's never one individual that is like the owner of a nonprofit. It's always a group effort. 
Well, in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about the role of nonprofits, both in the U.S. and Brazil. But I don't think I can wait to hear about this reverse exchange. Um, Liz, we had a chance to host you here in Charlottesville for the Young Leaders of America's Initiative. And now, a few months later, Cindy's just returned home uh, from working with you in, in Brazil. And um, so I'd just love to hear from you both uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, your experience and one another's uh, countries. Well, Liz, I'll let you go first, because then I can build on the experience having come back from Brazil. Okay, sure. Um, so Cindy was here for two weeks, and we had a very intense agenda. We, were, we had uh, seven events in four different cities around Brazil. Uh, we called them big cities like Sao Paulo that has 11 million people and small towns like Sorocaba that has 300 million people. <laughs> and that was one of the interesting parts of it because in every city uh, we were also doing cultural activities and meeting the local actors uh, that strengthen the social entrepreneurship and the nonprofit uh, ecosystem, uh, both actors from the private sector, from the public sector, and from nonprofits themselves specifically. And we were working with about 500 people in this uh, 10 days of work that we had. And we had more time, also a little bit time of time <laughs> to rest and to get to know this city. Yes. And I think some of the ahas for me, Liz, and I'll be interested to know if you think this is the same. Uh, so I think some of the first ahas was how similar we really were in terms of the the importance of the work that was being done, the passion, the commitment, the devotion, uh, how the organizations were relatively structured the same and how they were addressing issues. It was really fascinating to learn those similarities. Yeah. Um, th from the first day at the CNE, I felt really identified with the purpose, the values, and the way CNE works. I think we have a lot of similarities there. Both organizations, CNE and Inc., really believe uh, in the personalization of the nonprofit sector to, let's say, uh, tools that are appropriate for this. We understand that nonprofit work is, uh, has its specific uh, success uh, perspective, let's say. And so this means that we also need uh, specific ways to manage our our work so that it respects the impact that we want to have. And this differs a bit from uh, the normal mainstream um, business tools that are used to manage organizations that are more focused on reducing costs, increasing revenue, um, because we're focused on the impact. And it's not that we don't need to have revenue or we don't have to be aware or in decrease our costs. We do have to do that as nonprofits. Uh, but when you talk about efficiency for impact and efficiency for profit, uh, there's a difference, right? Like we need to really understand where the cost should be cut, how the revenue should be raised to maximize the impact and not just to have a greater surplus at the end of the year. I'm curious, just for our listeners, uh, if you could just explain maybe in a, a sentence or two um, uh, what CNE does and what Inc. does. Because I, I realize that maybe um, 
that you, they, they might not have had an opportunity to learn about you. Sure. Uh, so CNE, the Center for Nonprofit Excellence, the work we do is known as capacity building in that we provide programs, tools, training, resources, technical assistance, consulting in all areas of the nonprofit business. And our goal is to strengthen nonprofits to be the best that they can be. And the reason why we do that is because we believe that nonprofits create the quality of life in any community, anywhere from education, health, safety, wellness, early childhood, all of those things that we find a value, arts and culture, that we find a value in a community, generally in most communities are provided by nonprofits. And we know that the stronger the leadership of the nonprofit, the more robust the nonprofit, which results in a healthier, vibrant, robust community. And that's our goal, is to strengthen communities. Which is a very big need here in this community because there's, I've heard a lot of different numbers, but there's approximately, was it 700 nonprofits in the Charlottesville area? Depending on how you define it, anywhere between 800 to 1,000 wow. are the numbers I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Liz, uh, please tell our listeners about Inc. and, and the, the work that you guys are doing. Sure. Uh, so Inc. is a social business, which means we're triple bottom line. We work for profit, for purpose, and minimizing our environmental impact. Um, and we do project management for NGOs. We train professionals in the PMD Pro uh, methodology. It's an international certificate in project management uh, developed specifically for nonprofits. And we also do uh, kind of a hands-on interim consulting that when an organization has uh, a challenging project that they feel that don't, they don't have a team ready to implement, uh, to manage actually the, the project, we, we come together with this organization and we do 50 to 90% of the work of a project manager for them and with them. Uh, and when we do that, we're at the same time training their team and, and also making the impact happen as we do it, right? Well, I'd be curious, uh, what are the most important things that you learn from one another? Um, Cindy, you being uh, in, in Brazil and, and Liz, you, you come into the United States. Uh, what, what were some of the biggest lessons learned that you're now able to apply in your current positions? So obviously Liz is a pro at project management. And so she did a training for us while she was here at CNE. And we are still using some of those key lessons learned from that in our work at CNE and certainly in some of our consulting that we're doing with our members. And so that was a huge takeaway. So thanks, Liz, for that. And for me, there are many, so many. <laughs> I see that one of the really important ones were this issue I have mentioned in a way that we always saw we wanted to reach Brazil, right? We wanted to like work in the whole country and that was really important for us. And when I went to the city and saw such a professional and important work done in a city that has the dimensions of Charlottesville. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I looked back to Sao Paulo and I said, okay, I'm not doing uh, half a relevant work in my city. <laughs> so how can I uh, better focus the efforts of Inc. to increase our relevance here in Sao Paulo? We've been uh, working on that. 
uh, and it's been a very important um, key uh, learning point for us. And the second inning was really more of a reassurance, more understanding that um, the way we are working is right. <laughs> like we are half the age of CNE. <laughs> We're we're only five, let's say, <laughs> and and seeing all the experience of the CME and all the the all the time they have lived and how they have increased the relevance of the NGO scenario, like in in Charlottesville, um, to me it was really important to see that trajectory, see that journey, and imagine how relevant we also can be. Uh, five years from now. So understanding that uh, we can grow, focus, and that we are also like on the right path where the nonprofits have a strong future if we work for it. What are the, some of the biggest challenges that you see nonprofits face? Um, what are you know some of the biggest requests that you have for trainings? So we can say this is the same here as in Brazil, don't you think, Liz? Uh, yeah. so, uh, fundraising, <laughs> philanthropy, <laughs> and uh, and then the board engagement and, and that kind of leadership level involvement. So how do you get uh, more people engaged in your community, whether through board, leadership, volunteers? I, I, that was a trend I certainly heard in Brazil and that we hear all the time here as well. Well, I'm, you know, we work quite a bit with uh, civil society leaders, uh, nonprofit leaders uh, through the presidential precinct. And uh, many of these folks are getting nonprofits are off the ground or um, growing their organization. And we hear uh, uh, the challenge of fundraising quite a bit as well from them. And I'd be curious of the, uh, the types of, you know, if you had a couple of things to say to these folks that are trying to raise money, what are some of the best, you know, best practices that you share um, with your organizations to, to folks trying to raise money? Well, and I think this is a great question to ask, and I'll ask Liz to start with this, because what we discovered when we were working together in Brazil, how different the the fundraising is in our two different countries. So, for example, here in the United States, over 80% of giving comes from individuals, whether it's individual giving, bequests, family foundations, and a relatively small percent comes from corporations, which is just the opposite of essentially of what's happening in Brazil. So, Liz, I'll let you start off with talking about in Brazil and philanthropy. So, one of the best practices I've learned in the years working with nonprofits is that the organizations that can raise more funds in a more strategic way are the ones that are clear about their theory of change. And this means that they have, they know what they are doing <laughs> on a broader way. So they understand that when they are doing uh, an activity, they know what results they are achieving with that or they're hoping to achieve. And they know what those results, uh, what objectives those results are contributing to. And in a broader perspective, what is the impact that they're uh, contributing to when they're doing this work? Um, and the impact is, the long term or the more society wide uh, perspective of what results that activity can bring um, to the people that are involved in it. 
or maybe to the environment or anyway, it depends on the on the cause of this organization. Uh, but when a uh, nonprofit has this fear of change clear, uh, they are able to do two very important things. One is to learn about it. So they can have indicators, data, evidence of impact, and evidence of results that they can gather along the way to test their hypothesis, right? To test if their theory of change is right or not. Um, and when they have uh, this data and they can prove uh, their their fear of change, they can tell their story better. And so they can come to a negotiation table with a lot more uh, power, really, to invite this potential donor not only to give money to, to a very important activity that's happening, but to invest in something that will change uh, a society that will contribute to a much broader uh, impact that this organization is searching. Certainly everything, you, Liz is exactly right on, evaluation, theory of change, strategic planning. But because of the United States, we, individuals make up such a large base of giving here. We talk so much about the importance of relationships. You know, people will come in to see me and they'll say, so what's the secret sauce? And I'll say, well, there is no secret sauce, but if there was one, <laughs> the key element would be relationships. And transparency would be the second part of that. And when we talk about relationships, we're talking about individual donors, we're talking about grant administrators, anyone who is in those organizations are those, those people who you're seeking to get funding is actually getting to know them. And what you're trying to identify is alignment of, ish, of values, you know, the change that they are wanting to create through their gift. Does that align with the change you are trying to create through your work? And the only way you can really assess that is through having some meaningful conversations and getting to know one another. Well, I'm, I'm curious of um, how business and um, academia and nonprofits uh, work together, both in the U.S. and, and Brazil. Are there, there similarities or there differences? Because we, you know, we hear a lot about public-private partnerships um, but in, in, as a way to help uh, grow funding and, and strengthen nonprofits. Uh, is there a culture of this uh, that, that you're seeing as a, as a growing trend here in the United States, uh, Cindy? And then, um, you know, I'd love to hear from you and then Liz, see how that's comparing to what's happening um, in your communities. Certainly. Uh, there's a big movement afoot that's called Collective Impact that's doing just what you're talking about. It's pulling together multi-sector. And whenever I have a chance to present, I always talk about that the issues that we have as a community cannot be solved completely by the nonprofit. And that would be primarily because if it could, it would have been solved by now, right? So the issues are so vast and so broad and so integrated in so many facets of the community. So let's take the example of hunger. So, or let me do homelessness. So let's take homelessness. That's a little bit easier. Uh, with homelessness, we, we could say, oh, so if we build a house and this person has an apartment or a home to live in, we've solved that. But no, we have the issue that there needs to be employment. There needs to be transportation. There needs to be child care. They need to be sure that they're gainfully employed and that there are opportunities for employment. We need to be sure that the housing is affordable, which gets to real estate, which gets to taxes. So there's all this infrastructure that's involved beyond just providing an apartment for someone to deal with homelessness. So the issue is so broad and so vast and so pervasive in the community that the only way that we can truly address these real fundamental human issues are, are through going to be will be through collaboration. 
Thank you so much for asking this, Drew. Uh, sorry, Neil, <laughs> because uh, that was a big topic of conversation we had with Cindy here in Brazil. Um, she brought, brought a lot of insight and a lot of uh, very important information about how to collaborate and specifically made us really calm, saying every time that collaboration is messy, <laughs> it takes us it takes a long time and a lot of work <laughs> and because we always talk about it as if it was something obvious and easy and it's absolutely not you know it's it's hard and but it's relevant right <laughs> i'm not saying it's hard to say let's give up i'm saying it's hard to say let's put more attention on this and work harder to have more collaboration because I absolutely agree with, with what Cindy just said. We needed to solve the systemic issues we're living. I agree. And you know, I'd, I'd love to learn from, from the two of you um, as you know, to share to our listeners um, any other insights that you uh, have for young leaders around the world who aspire to start or, or grow their own nonprofit. I think from my perspective and as working with nonprofits who are emerging, newly formed, for us, we find the key is really in getting the right mix of individuals who are part of your board and are the leaders of the organization because those are going to give you pathways to the, their networks, people that they know that either can support you philanthropically, can open doors in terms of in-kind services, open doors in terms of clients, partnerships getting the right people at the table at the formation of your organization who truly understand the work of governance and are willing to bring to bear all that they have, what we call their time, talent, and treasure to make the organization successful. We have found that to be really key. And then also building on what Liz is saying, being really concrete in what your theory of change is. You know, not just this idea, oh, we need another program dealing with some environmental issue, but what is it that your organization's doing that's completely different from what's being offered already? and understanding what that theory of change is and how you're going to go about making that happen. And, and here we generally talk about that in the context of strategic planning and having that plan in place. Absolutely. And adding to, to what Smith says, I think that today there's a lot of um, opportunity and there's more, I see there's more opportunities to have social impact while you're working with a nonprofit or a social business or even a corporate social responsibility. And so if you're, if you're, if you have uh, an idea or if you have found a problem that you want to solve, um, you should first see how this problem can be solved and then think of what model fits best. Because if you, if you, for example, what example we, we use a lot here while we were talking to this many nonprofits, um, you're, you're probably not going to find a relevant business model uh, to uh, protect animals, right? Like abandoned animals or things like that. You're probably, maybe you can, but <laughs> it's one of the issues that we see that can be very challenging to find a business model that fits. Uh, that has both profit and purpose very aligned. Um, but if you can do that, that's a path. But if you can't, uh, it's also okay. You can be sustainable uh, working with donations, 
uh, and you have to plan and to work hard to fundraise and to make this uh, process efficient, just like you're going to have to do in sales, right? So if you have a product that has impact, you have to have a sales area, you have to sell it, and that will uh, give you the revenue you need to keep the model running. Uh, if you're a nonprofit, you have to have the same kind of effort to fundraise, to sell your dream or your impact to potential donors so that they can put this money uh, in your organization. They're buying this piece of your dream or of your impact. Um, and you can also make this, uh, this, this organization run with funds, right? Um, so I think the, the main issue is don't underestimate the money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nonprofit doesn't mean for, uh, for, for, how do you say that? The opposite of profit? <laughs> for losses. <laughs> Nonprofit is not for losses. <laughs> As a nonprofit, you still need to have uh, uh, an organization that can spend, uh, including uh, in the way in the money side, right? <laughs> I think I think this is excellent advice for all of our listeners and and for our listeners who are uh, from Latin America and the Caribbean. Uh, there's an opportunity to be a part of the Wiley Exchange. This this fall, uh, applications are being accepted through uh, April 23rd. So I encourage um, everyone to apply who um, is interested in coming to the U.S. for this experience. And uh, well, what's what's up for the two of you uh, moving forward? Uh, how do you plan to continue using this experience to impact your your work in the future? Well, I've certainly identified in terms of the project management piece that we are already integrating in. Uh, but I'm also looking forward just to working with Liz in some potential projects in the future. In, in addition, there have been individuals that I met and I've been working with in Brazil just in terms of sharing resources with them. The board leadership was a new concept for some people in Brazil that I met. So I've been sharing some key resources around best practices around that. Individual philanthropy is relatively new and emerging in Brazil, so sharing some best practices with some individual organizations there as well on that topic. But most importantly, looking forward to working with Liz, another project. I agree, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and we are, we're working on uh, even, like one of the really important things uh, for us when in the reverse exchange, was to give uh, Inc. clients and partners uh, a bit of the experience I had uh, in the U.S. Uh, to share the knowledge and all the the insights I could get there. Uh, and and this happened in, happened in such a um, a nice. Even though we worked a lot, <laughs> so we did this ten meetings, seven events in four cities. 500 people, <laughs> but um, we, all of Inc's team uh, at the end of those two weeks were saying, okay, we want to continue this. We want to work more with Cindy and with the CNE. and and we actually, and our clients were saying the same thing. So we're actually concretely uh, building projects uh, that create business opportunities, actually, to for 
for Inc. and for the CNE to keep collaborating and to keep uh, incentivizing collaboration here in Brazil. Well, I'm I'm humbled and and honored to have an opportunity to talk to the two of you today. I'm really pleased to hear that um, there's ongoing opportunities for collaboration between your two great organizations and uh, just so pleased to hear about the great work that you're doing and overwhelmed to hear how you know presidential precinct programs are creating opportunities for this lasting impact and that's really the power of international exchanges um, and uh, so we're really thrilled that the two of you were able to work together in this, uh, this exchange. Until next time, I'm Neil Piper, Executive Director of the Presidential Precinct. Be sure to join us next month for our May episode of Global Founders, Engaging Voices That Inspire.